Welcome to REEI Energy and Climate Podcast. This is Zhang. We are a Beijing-based independent think tank with the focus on climate change and energy transition policy. In the last week's episode, my colleague Jia Chiao and Ya Ting gave a detailed rundown of the COP26 Glasgow. Apart from the Glasgow Climate Pact signed off by nearly 200 countries. There have been many new ambitious climate commitments or pledges around the conference, like a coal phase-out pledge, a methane reduction pledge. So, if you want to hear more about what happened exactly at the summit, please check out that episode. Yes, when Jetta and I were producing the last episode, we felt a lot of organizations and industries took the lead and made their own climate. Commitments at this conference in Glasgow, and one of these industries is the healthcare sector. So today we want to zoom into the healthcare industry. It causes around four point four percent of global greenhouse gas emissions, and how it plans to reach its own carbon goal of reaching nine zero by twenty fifty. Yeah, when you're talking about that, I think there must be some updates about the healthcare sector during the COP twenty six. We know that around that two weeks,、uh, different sectors they try their best to commit their、uh, new climate policy、uh, from their own capacities. So, Yating, could you tell us、uh, more about、uh, what happened、uh, surrounding the healthcare sector in、uh, COP twenty six Glasgow? Yeah, sure. During the Science and Innovation Day at COP twenty six, the initiatives achieved on that day will enhance international cooperation between governments, academics, businesses, and civil society, and ensure science and innovation delivers for all in order to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement. And one of the announcements related to health sector is that forty seven countries have committed. To building health systems which are able to withstand the impacts of climate change and which are low carbon and sustainable. This includes forty two countries representing over a third of global healthcare emissions, and they have committed to develop a sustainable and low carbon health systems. Twelve of these forty two countries have set a deadline of twenty fifty or earlier, and by which their health systems will reach nine zero. Yeah, that sounds very big effort. I'm interested in who these countries are. Countries that have committed to achieving low carbon and sustainable health systems include United States, Spain, Fiji, and United Arab Emirates, and. All four UK health services have already committed to net zero carbon emissions in line with the government's commitment to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. For example, the NHS, the national health system in England, has committed to being net zero by 2045, and Wales' ambition is to reach net zero by 2030. In addition to these four UK countries. Others that have set a target date to reach net zero health systems include Spain, Kenya, Jordan, and Nigeria. Wow, that list、uh, is quite long. Not only including、uh, like the UK, very developed countries, but also some developing countries. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. 
So this commitment remind me of a report that we've also reviewed on our channel before,、uh, a report by Healthcare Without Harm、uh, International、uh, NGO. The report is titled "Roadmap for Healthcare Decarbonization." So in this document, the authors、uh, mention、uh, different ways to decarbonize the healthcare sector. The first one is to decarbonize through its facilities,、uh, infrastructure, and operations, like on-site decarbonization, looking at、uh, reducing carbon emissions directly at the source of usage. Example、uh, like、uh, adding solar PV on buildings' rooftops or changing building operation system to make sure it runs more energy efficiently. Uh, the second one, the second pathway, is to reduce the carbon emissions in the supply chain、uh, from the production of the health-related products and the packaging or transportation、uh, use in the healthcare service provision. Health facilities can use their purchasing power to influence suppliers and health product manufacturers to take actions on climate change. So this is a very significant because it covers a very long service chains. The final pathway looks at healthcare、uh, sector acting as a leader in the society、uh, in the process of decarbonization, making sure、uh, the health sector having the ability to influence communities to reduce transport emissions by providing more parking space、uh, for electric cars、um, owners. Or have some priority for those come to visit the hospital with green transport vehicles. So that's that's the basic summary of this report. But、uh, I hope that can help our listeners to understand what's happening in COP26 within the healthcare sector commitments about climate change. It's not something just pump up. It's a long process prepared by the whole、uh, bunch of Uh, professionals and uh, experts uh, who have done a lot of hard work to push the policymakers to commit on that platform on that uh, specific uh, global uh, climate summit,、uh, but the history or the hard working behind the stage or behind the curtain have been very laborious or very enormous. Yeah, the report also examined each country's healthcare sector, and through looking at their healthcare sector emissions fact sheet for China, discussing opportunities and action items are specifically important for Chinese healthcare sector. And one we look at the key facts of this report for China, we see many interesting numbers. The first is about cost. The spending on the healthcare sector in China accounts for nearly five percent of the country's GDP. It's relatively low, especially compared to the ten percent in the UK and seventeen percent in the US. Apart from that, China ranks second in the world in terms of emissions from the healthcare sector, and with the United States in the first place. Currently, the total emissions from healthcare sector in China are over three hundred and forty million tons of CO two. It's accounting for three percent of the country's total emissions. 
out of the three emissions areas, supply chain accounts for majority of the carbon emissions within the sector. In China, according to a paper, it identified pharmaceutical procurement as the highest emission factor, with pharmaceuticals accounting for 55% of total carbon footprint in the sector. But it divides this into further sections, identifying agriculture as the main source of emissions within pharmaceuticals, whilst scope one onset emissions in healthcare facilities are relatively small percentage in the overall emission of the sector. So this is a kind of comparison between China's case and also the England NHS case. We'll give more information about the NHS in England. However, pharmaceuticals and the medical instrument have a long and complicated supply chain from its raw material to manufacturing and packaging and finally transportation. It takes a lot of stakeholders working together to make noticeable changes. Actually, last year we worked with CC, the Chinese Environmental Certification Corp. We produce a sustainable procurement guideline for hospitals in China to follow when considering sustainable procurement. This guideline was piloted at several hospitals in China, and these hospitals are all large public hospitals in China. And this year, we are continuing that project and working with three specific pilot hospitals. To help them develop their own sustainable procurement menus and procedures, and to make a sustainable purchase together to help them familiarize with the process. In China, out of the seven high impact actions for healthcare decarbonization, the most reachable action is investing in zero emission buildings and infrastructure. This is especially true for countries and industries at the beginning of this road to decarbonization, where infrastructure changes to reach a more sustainable standard has a large amount of potential for emission reduction. This can be done by following more energy-efficient building codes for healthcare buildings, where a checklist of actionable items can be clearly seen. So European Union and the North American uh, have been investing in the infrastructure decarbonization for almost uh, twenty years. They have seen significant improvement. So this suggests at a critical time when China is facing a new round of infrastructure upgrades in the healthcare sector, it's important to put the carbon emission reduction as a a very central point, and uh, uh, it's important to put that into account just in the beginning of the new building construction. So that's why, based on uh, the China situation, if we want to look beyond the long-term uh, carbon uh, decarbonization of the healthcare sector, China need to act now to uh, make sure the new hospital buildings are the low-carbon intensive buildings. Actually, NHIs in England have already reduced emissions through improving energy efficiency. And the Net Zero Carbon Hospital standard was issued in the first half of 2021 to help hospitals of England to decarbonize their facilities.
The standard applied across the 40 new hospitals to be built as part of the government's health infrastructure plan. However, this only accounts for less than one-fifth of the infrastructure. And in the hospitals of England, the on-site generation of renewable energy accounts for the largest amount, including the 1.3% from the PV cell installations. And next is optimizing building usage and upgrading building technology and decarbonizing national electricity. This three account for nearly 70% of the total hospital facilities reductions, and each section accounts for one third. It's crucial that a significant portion of the upgrade overlaps with the existing maintenance schedule of the buildings. And currently, the NHS in England removed all coal and oil heating systems from its sites with complete phase-out over the coming years. And finally, the NHS purchased 100% of en- renewable energy from April this year. Yeah, from your discussion, I can tell why the UK government in this COP26 pushed other countries uh, to step up to commit to net zero emission in the healthcare sector. It sounds that they have done a lot of work to be a leading ship uh, example, to be a good example. So here I want to introduce a small case, what we have done uh, in the past two years. It's about a small public hospital in Beijing, and uh, it's uh, about the building energy efficiency improvement. So after energy audit, the service provider found that uh, there was significant potential to improve the efficiency of a ground source heat pump system. With the water pump from both the ground source side and the air conditioning side switched off, the system can still function well with the other water pump in operation. So the system contains only two uh, sets of the water pumps. So this change may save uh, 600 kilohour a day, which costs more than 2,000 US dollars a month. Uh, is a quite significant uh, financial saving for the hospital. Yeah, it sounds a good energy efficient improvement. So if this measure is applied into many other hospitals with ground source heat pump system, the electricity to be saved and the abated carbon emissions would be significant. It sounds like we can use some specific case study to help the industry understand they are always uh, some potential for a uh, hospital to improve their energy efficiency. In that regard, uh, it's aligned with the policy recommendation from not only the Healthcare Water Harms Report, but also NHS Carbon Neutrality Strategy. So now I want to give a quick look at another project, which was uh, accomplished uh, just a couple of months ago by working with uh, different partners so the hospital is Shanghai Huashan Hospital. Uh, this project falls under the first pathway towards decarbonization, means reducing the energy consumption at the uh, hospital operation side. Well, uh, a renovation on its infrastructure results in the direct energy saving. The project is funded under the United Nations Development Program 
Global Environment Facility Small Grant Program. The goal of the project is to identify entry points uh, for healthcare facilities uh, with small available funding, uh, resources consumption, reducing carbon emission. Just let me introduce the background of the project. So usually in the hospital buildings, the fresh air intake valve is in a default uh, on setting. That means uh, the fresh air intake is uh, functioning all the time as long as the hospital provides uh, service. While outdoor air is continuously circulating into the building. So in the summer and the winter month, the temperatures difference of the fresh air affects the indoor air temperature, which cause the air conditioning system to utilize extra energy to adjust the temperature to the setting levels. That means 26 degrees Celsius in the summer and 21 degrees Celsius in the winter. So this is a national regulation. Uh, the indoor temperature has to be uh, kept in that two benchmarks. With installation of the automated fresh air intake valve, connecting it to added carbon dioxide sensors would help reduce the energy consumption and the cost uh, resulted from the temperature adjustment. So the carbon dioxide sensors may detect a high concentration. Now let me explain how the project works. The carbon dioxide sensors may detect high concentrations of CO2 when the hospital is busy with a large amount of patients uh, visiting. This would cause the fresh air intake valve to switch on. When sufficient fresh air comes in, the CO2 concentration level would decrease to a comfortable level or acceptable level and then the fresh air evolves will switch off. So this is a quite interesting project. It sounds this renovation would not only reduce energy cost of constantly adjusting indoor air temperature, but also um, make hospital visitors feel better by controlling the indoor carbon dioxide concentration at an accessible level. Right. Uh, this obviously generates co-benefits. Uh, in environmental health perspective and also in the energy and the climate perspective. Yeah, so what about the outcome in number? So the, how much the emission reduction potential through this project? The outcome of the project was even better than expected. Uh, only three floors of the building had retrofitting operation. So the building is high uh, level but they only use the limited fund to retrofit the three floors. But after the project, the annual gross energy saving rate is about uh, 14%. The financial saving is about more than 11,000 US dollar per year. The abated carbon emissions is approximately more than 80 tons of CO2 equivalent. The cost of the renovation project is roughly the same amount of money saved um, from the project every year. Now, what a high cost effective project. It seems to me too good to be real. And its hospital management level satisfied? Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, it's, it's out of their expectation. So in, in other words, it's, they are quite uh, satisfied. Uh, they 
have decided to retrofit all the other floors of the same building with their own funding. So that can tell the project、uh, is successful. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. So apart from this hospital, what about applying this license in other public hospitals in China? Surely, scaling up will bring huge climate. Economic and even health benefits to both hospitals and visitors. Yes,、uh, that is a very key question. I think Chinese government is realizing how important to step up、uh, in the policy measures and in implementation to fulfill its commitment on the dual carbon strategy or dual carbon goals. So I noticed that in just、uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's a new、uh, regulation or new po- or policy plan、uh, published by the、uh, government agencies. It、uh, suggests the public entities to make more specific policy implementation and、uh, measurement to support the national carbon strategy and the goals. And they have some detailed policy suggestions. For example. They will cover the public entities' green building, like、uh, they might have some new standards about the low carbon、uh, building or green building for,、uh, operations. Secondly, they specifically put the energy efficiency of the building as a one of the major priorities. For example, they want to make sure all the lighting will be the <laughs> energy efficiency. Uh, light bulbs like、uh, LED lighting will be used in all the public、uh, buildings. So this is just、uh, one example. I think this is a new thing for the public、uh, institutions. It's under a kind of context of the、uh, Kigali Cooling Energy Efficiency Program. But apart from that, I think the climate commitment from the government agencies also are.、Uh, Prioritized in this、uh, plan, so we will see maybe the following up policy measures will、uh, give us more information how the government agency will become a leading examples to fulfill the national carbon strategy in order to mobilizing other sectors, for example, other industries or、uh, private sector to、uh, step up. To make efforts reducing the very energy-intensive、uh, business and activities. Yes, I think through these national、um, policies and measures, expected that the healthcare sector in China will become more actively involved in specific climate mitigation actions. And also, let me give a pre- preliminary estimate.、Um, we assume that the case of Huashan Hospital. Is applied to more hospitals, especially the public hospitals in China, and how many emission reductions will it bring? First, as you mentioned before, the annual greenhouse gas emissions saved by the Huashan Hospital case study are nearly eighty-four tons of CO two, and currently there are nearly twelve thousand public hospitals in China. So, if One thousand of them were to follow the example of Huashan Hospital, they could reduce nearly one million tons of CO two per year. So you can see the potential for emissions reductions is huge, is significant. Yes,、uh, this estimate, although 
uh, quite approximately, but we can tell from the Huashan, which is one of the major high-level public hospitals in the most developed areas in China. But definitely this case can tell us uh, the energy efficiency potential in the public buildings, particularly in the hospital buildings, are huge. Uh, you know, in the reality, the hospitals are focusing on providing sufficient uh, health care service. Energy efficiency in buildings may not um, in their prioritized agenda. But if we put the national climate policy and the dual carbon strategy into a uh, new situation, I think uh, that level of priority will be <laughs> different in the near future. I do think the case study that we mentioned in this episode will give more interesting uh, inspirational idea to Chinese hospitals in other provinces and we hope the skill up of those best practice will support the climate actions uh, at least in this sector and also uh, set up example leadership example for other uh, sectors. Yes, uh, I think China still has a long way to go in terms of decarbonization uh, in healthcare sector, uh, especially uh, reducing carbon emission from the supply chain, which is um, very complicated. We are still in the midst of the global pandemic. We, we don't know um, how significant this pandemic will influence the future's uh, healthcare supply chain, both domestic and international levels. But definitely we think uh, we need to uh, put the sustainability and addressing climate change into very high level uh, policy agenda. We already have some discussion about the uh, PPE and sustainable manufacturing in our platforms. So if you have interest in this issue, please go to our websites and our uh, other Chinese podcast to check it out. So with a a growing awareness in healthcare staff and the introduction of China's dual carbon goals, uh, we do have uh, confidence that more hospitals and the healthcare facilities they will step up to become uh, more active in climate actions. We hope you enjoy our talk today, and if you have any questions about this sustainable health project. You are welcome to contact us via email info at rei.org.cn and LinkedIn by researching REEI. We wish our listeners stay well and healthy. See you, see you next time. Bye bye. See you next time.